following podcast is a production of the network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. What's going on, everybody? I'm the Nightmare. And I'm Rotten Jack. And this This is Common Common Debauchery. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Common Debauchery. I am the Nightmare, and I'm joined once again by my main man, Rotten Jack. We're doing it on Zoom this time. We're not in person, so this will be fun. Rotten Jack, what's up, buddy? It's it's this is this is weird. Like I can see you, but I don't have a camera set up, so you can't see me. So this is interesting. Yeah. So I have this really cool electric background behind me, and I just stare at the name Rotten Jack on my screen. And I'm not sure I feel about like, it. Do you want me to like make my like, uh, like picture like a hot naked woman or something for you to stare at? No, that's okay. I'm going to be reading articles and stuff and looking up stats as we do this anyway. So. The entire thing was we don't need to see each other to do this, so we're giving giving the Zoom a shot. Yeah. So, so this what week's we episode this, week? this week's episode is interesting. Um, now we this is something that I, I've I've I'm going to cover on for the next two weeks on hats, stats, and stats, and it's because it's the NFL draft week, and the NFL draft is, in my opinion, one of the most commonly debaucherous things in the world for many reasons one there's no exact science to it there is nothing that makes it easy there's nothing that makes it simple there's nothing that makes it even remotely something there can be experts and they're wrong all the time and because of that you end up with two very extremes of the draft so we're not going to talk about this upcoming draft we're not going to talk about you know, the, the ifs, maybes, and whatever of what might happen. No, we're not doing that because every other sports podcast in the world is talking about who's going number one and why is it Trevor Lawrence and this, that, and the other. Right. Uh, no so, one wants to hear that. No, no. And if you do, go to Hat Stats and Stats on uh, tomorrow on Wednesday because that's what we're going to do. So we are here to talk about the all-time steals and the all-time busts in the NFL draft. And this is fantastic. This is an amazing topic because the ability to just be so, so wrong or so, so right is insane. And in my opinion, we're going to start with busts because they're the most fun to talk about. Uh, One of the best out there is and always will be Jamarcus Russell. Oh, God, what a bum. This dude was so, so highly touted out of college. I mean, this dude, he, he put up one of the best pro day performances ever. He, Al Davis of the Raiders, who is a train wreck in and of himself, convinced this dude was going to be a Hall of Famer. And I, got, I got his stats right here. Uh, his college sports recruiting information. Coming out of college or coming out of high school, this guy was a four-star recruit. Um. Six five two twenty three. Uh, he ran a four four seven six forty. Um, like go, even going into college, this dude's stats were off the chart, and he ended up being the number one draft pick in the two thousand seven draft. Round one, pick one, out of LSU to the Oakland Raiders. And the interesting thing about him is he landed the single largest rookie contract ever. So much so that, and he he became such a bust that this entire thing caused there to be a rookie salary cap. Yes. So like, like, like he 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 was so bad and got so overpaid that he was a he caused the NFL to say you can only pay rookies X amount of money. Because, like, look at the, I mean, it was an $68 million because he held out going into the regular season. Jesus. So the the best part about this is, Jamar, have you ever heard the blank DVD story? No. Wait, maybe I have. So Jamarcus Russell, they, they, gave, they, they were giving him tapes to watch, to, to study NFL defenses and so on and so forth. And they started getting the feeling that he actually wasn't watching them. So they handed him a blank DVD 
and said, hey, this is game tape for the 49ers and the defensive scheme they run. So watch it, learn it, and come come back to it. And he said, okay. He came back the next day. They said, hey, what would you think about that tape? And he said, you know, there's some you know, some really good stuff on there, some really good info. And they just looked at him and said, it was a blank DVD. So they found out the, they found out he was not watching the, the film. That's how, that's how much of a bust this dude was. He couldn't even watch film the right way. Right. And if I'm, if I'm reading this right, he, he was an, like an absolute piece of shit before he even made it to the NFL because the Raiders drafted him and then they couldn't reach a contract agreement. He held out of rookie training camp until this after the season started. Yes. Like, why would you not immediately just be like, yeah, no, fuck you. Like, we're not like, you're a rookie. Like who the hell do you think you are? Right. Holding out of training camp as a rookie what so the best part about it is his after his rookie year he showed up the next season way out of shape way out of shape and came out and admitted that he had uh issues with like purple drink and like drinking robitussin throughout the day and stuff like that yeah and what makes it worse is the raiders missed out on calvin johnson Adrian Peterson, Darrell Rivas, and Patrick oh. Willis. All dudes they could have taken, but they took Jamarcus Russell. Yeah, he he only played three seasons. Uh, he actually he only played four games his rookie season. Uh, he almost played a full season his second year. Um, and then just shy of a full season his, his third year, he only played a total of 31 games. So, so it had to be his third into his fourth year then that he showed up fat and out of shape. Yeah. Um, yeah. Total of 31 games. Um, completion percentage of 52.1%. Uh, in three seasons, he had just shy of 5,000 yards, which is coming out of college. This dude could throw a ball like, and that, he in three seasons only had 4,800 passing yards. That's one of the funniest uh, stories, too, is his either his first or second year. He went to they did it like a, during Pro Bowl week. They did like a long throw competition. Yeah. And the way it was supposed to work was you had to throw because it was in Hawaii and Hawaii. It, you know, they play at the University of Hawaii Stadium. So you had to throw the ball as far as you could. And it, and it had to land between the college hash marks. Now, high school hash marks are really wide. College are a little bit closer, and then the NFL is tight. So it had to land between the college hash marks. And he threw a ball over 75 yards in the air, but could not get it to fall within the area for it to count, so he didn't place in the competition. Yeah. So this dude had a cannon for an arm, but had it was like a shotgun, just spray and pray. Yeah. He. That's the one thing they always talk about, like, he could throw the ball a hundred yards down the field, but he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Right. Uh, he actually brings shades to the, and, and this is, this is great. So this leads us right into probably one of the most famous draft busts in Ryan leaf. Yes. So back in 89, the draft world was split between Ryan Leaf and a, a guy who ended up having a decent career named Peyton Manning. Um, you mean 98? No, no, 89. No, they got Oh, drafted. no, I, okay. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. They got drafted in 98. Yeah, okay. So the, uh, the, the article I'm reading has it backwards. So I apologize for that. Um, yeah, that wouldn't make any sense at all. God, yeah. yeah. Sports not dumb. <laughs> Actually, it's it's not unlike me to miss to misquote something like that. Uh, like I was naming the wrong movie on the last episode, which I'll you know I'll eat that all day. Uh, I was quoting. I thought you were just dyslexic for a minute. Oh no, I actually this is actually somebody else's fault. But last week I was uh, 
quoting what was it fear and loathing in las vegas when i was talking about days and confused so yeah. good, good good for me but uh so 98 the world was split on ryan lee for peyton manning and the colts took manning and the Chargers were like what a bunch of idiots thank god we got leaf because again uh massive arm unlimited potential and his the big concerns on him were weird maturity um he skipped the end of the NFL's rookie symposium. He had a disastrous rookie season, which featured a verbal tirade toward a reporter. Went for a two and fifteen touchdown to interception raise ratio. Missed the next season with a shoulder injury. Showed no signs of growth in two thousand, and by that point, the Chargers had pretty much given up on him. Yeah, he played well. He was with the Chargers for three years, only played two. And uh, like you said, his first season, he was uh, two for 15 on touchdown interception radio ratio with a 39 rating. Uh, and the second season he played with them, he was 11 and 18 on the ratio with a 56.2% ratio or uh, rating, you know, uh, not, not good for the guy that you laughed at the Colts for passing up on. Yeah. And at least in that one, like, at least you didn't have the first overall pick and like picked him over Manning. At least he, like, you you know, he was, he was the one you were going to take if the other one wasn't there. So that's not totally your fault, but still. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Um, He only played one more year after that, too. He played 2001 for Dallas. Uh, He only played four games. Four games. And uh, that was it. He was done. Yikes. You know, again. First guy, Jamarcus Russell, first overall pick, done, gone within, I think, four seasons he played. Three. Three. He only ever played for Oakland because he was such a bum. No one else wanted to sign him. Uh, Plus, he had a whole slew of, like, arrests and stuff like that for possession of codeine without a prescription and all kinds of other stuff that basically got him blackballed. Um, But, I mean, Ryan Leaf only made it four seasons. Well, technically only three because he only he missed out on his second season. So he really only played three seasons as well. Yeah. And uh, actually, and they both ended up running into legal legal issues because I know uh, Tim Couch ended up, you know, serving time somewhere. Somebody I, I saw somebody share his mugshot recently. It was pretty funny. Oh, well, he'll be coming up. He'll be coming up here pretty soon. Actually, <laughs> we could just lead right into Tim Couch. Uh so Tim Couch. Sorry, Ryan Leaf also had uh, issues. My brain is apparently shot tonight. I'm I'm I don't know what's going on, but uh, Tim Couch may not have had legal issues, but who knows? Maybe he did. Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, but Tim Couch, 1999 draft by the Cleveland Browns, who are notorious. First, the Browns are notorious. If you're a quarterback and you get drafted by the Browns. Just retire before you even start. Uh, I mean, I will give Baker Mayfield the credit he's due. He is like the one in a million for the Browns. But every other quarterback, I think uh, the Browns have gone through something like 20 or 25 starting quarterbacks since like the 90s. Like they have the, the longest uh, drought of that and the most starting quarterbacks of all time. Uh, but Couch, first overall pick, 1999 draft. Uh, he lasted one, two, three, five seasons with the Browns. He had an overall passer rating of 59.8. Uh, dude only threw 64 touchdowns in five years. Um, none of his stats are very compelling. Like he didn't even have like a real breakout, a real breakout year. No, 
I mean, even the year that he played all 16 games, he only had 3,000 passing yards and a 59%. Uh, I'm yeah, sorry. His, yeah. Well, his, his best stretch, uh, he went f- like over two seasons – in 2001, 2002, he went 15 and 15. So he played 500 football, but he threw 39 interceptions. Yeah. Uh, Jameis Winston wants his fucking record back. <laughs> like, holy shit. Uh, and so uh, he he only played five years total. And ever since until recently, the Browns haven't fared any better. So oh. uh, yeah. and, and, and that's going to stem us into the next guy, which is Johnny Football. Oh God! Good old Johnny football. To, do we even need to go any further? We just need to just name drop Johnny Manziel. Everyone knows. So here's here's the best part. The Browns had two busts in the f- same first round. Him and Trent uh, Richardson. Uh, so in 2014. They got Justin Gilbert with the overall eight overall pick. I don't even know who that is, but he went oh, eighth no. overall. Hang on. Let me pull him up. Uh, they passed on Anthony Barr, Aaron Donald, and Odell Beckham, who they ended up getting later on, but still. Uh, they thought they struck gold when they got Johnny. They thought you know fans would love him. His talent could help help the team take a step forward. And he seemed more interested in being a celebrity than a pro athlete. Obviously, the uh, pictures of him doing allegedly doing blow with Bieber in <laughs> uh, in Vegas doesn't help. He had no. some arre- he had some, he had some arrests. Uh, more than more than some. Yeah, I mean uh, the dude was just a train wreck. He went from being, I mean, because he was the he slipped too, didn't he? He like. I mean, he like people thought he would go higher, and he just kept like waiting yeah, and waiting, and they're like, he kept falling down the draft. He only he actually got picked twenty uh, second overall. Right. So he so so the Browns the Browns missed twice in that draft, and like this, I remember seeing the the the, the video and the pictures of Johnny Menzel just being so miserable and looking like, why haven't they drafted me yet? Why hasn't somebody drafted me yet? Yeah. And then yeah. you and then you pull what he pulled and just you know all yeah. kinds of all kinds of suck. I mean, you want to really talk about like bus like Johnny Manziel could really be considered probably one of the biggest ones. I mean, two years in the NFL, dude only played fifteen games, only started eight of those fifteen, uh, through a total of seven touchdowns and seven picks and seven picks. I mean, his overall rating wasn't terrible. He had a 74.4 overall rating, but I mean, he only played 15 games. Like I could have a 75 rating playing 15 games in the NFL. Uh, I mean, he's gone on to find not much, but some places are willing to try the Johnny Manziel experiment like CFL. He played a year there. He did, uh, was it last year when the AFF was around? Uh, He played there. uh, Didn't do much better. He only played two games there. Uh, And then now he's in that like uh, the fan controlled football league which he's only played three games there. Like this dude is, he only made it two seasons in the NFL. Like you can't get much worse than that. Yeah. That's pretty rough. Uh, You want to continue on with the Browns and their terrible choices? Oh God, please. Uh, Trent Richardson. Yeah. I mean, you, you listen, when you draft an Alabama running back, it is feast or famine. You are either getting a dude who's going to push for a Hall of Fame career or a dude who's not going to be able to hold on to the football for a year. For like, you're going to be looking to move on from him for two se- after two seasons. And the best part about it is Trent Richardson made the cover of Madden after his rookie year. 
Yeah. So really, we could blame the Madden curse on that one. Well, I don't. Not really, because <laughs> he he did two seasons with the Browns. You know, he only played two games his second season after um, after his rookie season. He only did two games the following season because they traded him to Indianapolis, and then he played the rest of that season uh, with Indy and a following season. Dude only played three seasons total in the NFL, uh, 46 games. Uh, as a running back in three seasons, he had 2,000 rushing yards and 17 touchdowns. I mean, it's not very good considering that you were – literally the cover athlete for Madden after your first year. And then yeah. you get traded two games into the next season. Yeah. And he, I mean, he had fumble problems. Like you would not believe that was, uh, and like, and he, that actually, was he actually only had seven fumbles in the NFL and only lost two of them. Really? I mean, that was, yeah. that was like very well documented that he had, you know, he had issues holding onto the football, but apparently it wasn't nearly that bad, but yeah, no, all these stats are saying seven total fumbles, and he only ever lost two of those fumbles. At the same time, seven fumbles in, what, four se- four full seasons? Three years. Three that's, years. That's a lot. Uh, he had three his rookie season, and then he had uh, two the following year and two the year after that. Yeah, so, I mean, that that is that's up there. That's a lot. I mean... I don't want to bring our Lord and Savior Josh Allen into this, but I mean, he's got more fumbles than Trent Richardson. Yeah, but I mean, he's also fumbling when looking to throw the football and stuff like that. I mean, when you're holding the ball away from yourself, like when you're running back, you're supposed to have that thing tucked. It's 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 a little bit different. Yeah, but Josh Allen also threw for threw for 900 miles this year, so. Uh, so continuing with the Browns, I think I got two more Browns players here. Yeah, uh, I'm all for it. Let's go. No, we already did. All right. I need to close these tabs after I talk about him. Talked about him. <laughs> talked about him. Talked about him. Uh, we talked about him. We talked about him and him. Uh, another Browns quarterback. 2007, 22nd overall pick, Brady Quinn. Oh, God. He was a fucking stud coming out of Notre Dame. I remember watching was. him play. I was excited for him, too. Me, too. He had so much potential. Like, he, uh, yeah, he won the Heisman uh, His the last year he was in college. Um, you know, his college stats were fantastic. Uh in his four years at Notre Dame, uh, he was a four-year starter, which is usually unheard of for college. Uh, four-year starter, uh, 11, almost 12,000 yards, um, 95 touchdowns in four years, which, you know, isn't bad for college. That's a pretty substantial number for college. Uh, only 39 interceptions. Uh, he finished his college career with an overall passer rating of 134. Yeah, he was very, very good. I was very excited for him coming out. And then whether it was just being drafted by the Browns or, I mean, really one of the biggest things that that affects a lot of these quarterbacks is the, is the college style of play doesn't always translate to the NFL. Which oh, the is, NFL it, is so much faster. And we're going to get to that in the next thing. Uh, when you're done with your Browns train here, I'm going to get on a train myself. But okay. uh, yeah, we, I mean, the game itself is just so, so much bigger, so much faster. And, you know, college football, like a lot of times you have really, really talented athletes going against not so talented athletes, still very good. You know, a division one corner is still a division one corner, yeah. but you know, when your offensive read is one dude, he's going to be open and he's going to be wide open. And then all of a sudden in the NFL, all five of your guys are covered and covered quick. And you have to make a tight throw in a tight window and read the right dude to not throw a pick. That's tough. And a lot of guys struggle with it. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like the Browns really 
never gave him a really good chance to succeed either. Um, you know, Derek Anderson got hurt his rookie year. Uh, so they put Brady Quinn in. Quinn took the rest of the season, led the Browns to a 10 and five record. Um, but the following year, they were like, nah, we're going back with Derek Anderson. So, you know, I mean, they benched him again after a three and five start and uh, Quinn came back in, but it just never, it never seemed to click for him because they never really gave him the shot that he probably deserved. Uh, we'll, we'll just say it this way. If Brady Quinn was drafted today in this NFL draft, he would without a doubt be the starter for whatever team picked him. Yeah. They wouldn't care who they had on their team as quarterback already. He would be their starter. And I, I think that he would probably do very well if they actually gave him a shot, which they didn't. He played three years for Cleveland. Um, well, and he, he was actually uh, looking it up here. Uh, Ro- Romeo Cornell was fired. Who was the one who kept starting Anderson over him? Yeah. Uh, former Jets coach Eric Mangini came in. Quinn actually won the quarterback competition in camp, and he, you know, Quinn was named the starter. He started the first three games of the year. He was benched at halftime in favor of Anderson and didn't play again until week eight when they he was brought in with three minutes left in a 30 to six loss to the Bears. Yeah. Um, like I said, they never really gave him a chance to succeed. Every time that he was doing well, they pulled him. Well, it, that third year really was his downfall, though, because yeah. he he was named the starter again later that year. Uh, they were shut out 16 nothing. Then had his best outing yet, throwing for 305 or 304 and four against the Lions. And then he set uh, Brown's record being only quarter out of quarterback in franchise history to throw three touchdowns in a quarter knocked the Steelers out of playoff contention uh with which was his first win as a starting quarterback ah and then he had a, he ended up getting hurt oh and missed yeah, the rest of the I year didn't see that I didn't see that part there yeah and then they moved they moved on from him from yeah, there they moved on he played two years for Denver like on the practice squad didn't actually which, play which the Browns actually got a decent, I mean, he, they ended up getting Peyton Hillis, who had one of the best single seasons as a running back that you can imagine, but yeah. Um, yeah. And then bounced around to a lot of teams. Yeah. And, Denver for two years where he never played it down. Uh, Kansas city in 2012, where he played 10 games uh, through 1100 yards uh, two touchdowns next, and eight picks. Yeah, the next the next two seasons he did uh, he played for the Jets and then the Rams when they were still in St. Louis, but he didn't actually play for them. He seems like he was just a practice squad player, um, you know. But for being a guy with such such potential coming out of college, you know, a, a one thirty four point four passer rating coming out of college as a four year starter. Yeah, and, then, uh, and he, I mean, he ended with a with a with a with a with a, with a thump too because he had signed as a color commentator for Fox, but his contract featured a clause that allowed him to leave if he had the shot to play in the NFL again. He ended up signing a what 14, 15 day contract with the Dolphins before he got cut, and then he participated yeah. in the two thousand fifteen NFL co- veteran combine, and nobody took a bite at him. No, and that was the end of his career. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm done with Browns players. So, uh, we're going to look at the 2006 draft because this one is the first overall pick was Mario Williams, who had a great career, uh, for a a few teams. Then the saints took Reggie Bush and Reggie Bush took about five years to really kind of hit his stride in the NFL and never really panned out to even part of the player. He was in college. Um, so Reggie Bush ran like you would not believe in college, but he was that dude. He was so fast and so agile out for USC that he 
could just beat a guy to the edge, turn it up and be gone. He could look like he was going to beat a guy to the edge, plant a foot, cut inside and be gone. And those was, two things. He was the Tyreek. He was the Tyreek Hill of that time. Yes, except when he got to the NFL as a running back, you can't just be fast. That doesn't no. work. And he found out the hard way a few times with hard, heavy hits that it just it that wasn't going to be that way. And to his credit, he stuck with it. And yeah, he played a little uh, bit of an impact player for the Saints. Uh, he ended up playing a little bit for the Bills. And uh, yeah, he played ten seasons. Uh, he really didn't have a breakout year until. 2011 when he got traded to Miami uh he had his best year uh just shy of 2,000 yards rushing which uh, I'm sorry just over a thousand yards rushing um which is a pretty standard staple like if you're running if you're a thousand yard mark's a big deal if you're if you're starting running back and you're not hitting that thousand yard mark either your team really heavily focuses on the pass. Well, especially back really, then. Yeah. Back then, the league wasn't such a passing league. It was more of a running league. So a 1,000 yards was something to be proud of. Um, he only achieved that twice in his 10 years. Oh, he... So uh, maybe, maybe, yeah. not a, maybe not a full tilt bust, but definitely not warranting the second overall pick. No, it, like, it took him... Uh, he played one, two, three, four five seasons with new Orleans and then his sixth season is when he broke out. Um, and then he kind of hovered right around that thousand yard mark for three seasons. And then he dipped right back down. He only had three good seasons. Right. And again, I mean, good for him, good on him staying with it and playing 10 years, but again, not warranting the second overall pick of a draft. Then immediately behind that, the Titans took Vince young. Oh, who a lot of potential um one of those one of those early on uh you know the, the, he had a lot of comparisons to you know a Mike Vick type player um you know one of those guys who could move but throw the ball too and he just never panned out he actually it's it's actually said that he declared for the draft hoping to go to the Texans and then the Texans kind of shocked the world by taking Mario Williams first. The Saints didn't need a quarterback, so that and the Titans did. And it's kind of said that if the Titans would have had the first overall pick, Young probably would have stayed in college for another year. But he had already declared and then didn't get taken by the team he wanted to be taken by. I mean, do you think any potential number one draft pick wants to go to the worst team in the league? Um. You know, we we could have the conversation about like, you know, the Eli Manning, Philip Rivers debacle, Ugh. but I I don't feel like going there necessarily. But I I I mean, you know what you're getting yourself into if you're a persp- if you're like if you have the 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 ability to be the first overall pick, you know you're going to a bad team or a team that yeah. didn't do well last year. Um, you know, it, it's very rare that you have an instance like this year where the third overall pick is with the 49ers because of a trade. And that team didn't have a great season last year, but a lot of that had to do with injuries. Yeah. You know, they had like 22 guys on IR at the end of the year last year. So that team gets healthy and they have the third overall pick. That might be a Super Bowl contender all of a sudden. I right. don't know that that's the case with, with these teams here. No, like I don't think, not that I really want to talk about this year's draft, but I don't think that, Trevor Lawrence is going to make that much of a difference for Jacksonville. Like, I know yeah, Jack, Jacksonville. Jacksonville has had a pretty great offseason, you know, solid offseason with acquisition, free agency acquisitions, stuff like that. So, but who knows? You know, it's we're not here to talk about this year's draft. So, yeah. um, following that, DeBrickishaw Ferguson went to the Jets, who DeBrickishaw Ferguson ended up being one of the best offensive linemen in the game for a long time. The Packers took A.J. Hawk, who had a good run with them. The yeah. Niners took Vernon Davis, who could be considered a bit of a bust, but still had a decent, you know, I mean, for what he was expected to do versus what he did, you could consider him a bust. Uh, he, was still, he was still a solid position player for them, though. Yes. Uh, the Raiders took Michael Huff. The Bills took Dante Whitner. The Lions took Ernie Sims. And then the Cardinals took Matt Leinart. 
to give you an idea of that pick, the very next pick was Jay Cutler. If which the I'm Cardinals, not say Cutler was much better, but I mean he, Cutler, he was. If 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 Cutler I'm com- if I'm comparing the, the two, if I'm comparing the two, Cutler is Peyton Manning compared to Matt Leinart's Nate Peterman. That's the difference between those two. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to. I yeah. And now, don't get me wrong. I I do believe you know. And Matt Leinart was a 2004 Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, we're talking about a dude who every time he seemed to get hot, he either got hurt or had a really bad game, and eventually he ended up losing his job to Kurt Warner, who took the Cardinals to a Super Bowl. They lost, but they still got him there. Yeah, I mean, we could definitely do, like, another entire, like, NFL draft, not just alone, like, busts and stuff, but, like, the stupid picks teams made. Like, they picked this guy when, like, Patrick Mahomes was still on the board or the year that the Bills could have had Russell Wilson, and I forget who they took, but, you know, could have had Russell Wilson, Uh, you know, stuff like that. It happens all the time because like you said at the beginning of this, you can, you can look at certain things, but you never know how good someone's actually going to be until they get to the league. Yeah. And you know, it's one of those things too, that like, you know, when you talk about guys that, um, you know, we could talk about like, Oh, the bills could have had Deshaun Watson. The bills could have had, um, Patrick Mahomes and I make the argument all the time that that's great. That's fine. But you know, you're not necessarily the bills were not ready for those guys. No, like when, like, you know, when those guys plugged into incredibly talented teams with incredibly talented players around them. Right. And they would have come to Buffalo and been lucky to have been alive after two or three seasons. Right. Like everyone likes to say, like, don't get me wrong. Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. Absolutely. No doubt in my mind, he's great. But if you would have taken him that draft and put him on, like, the fucking Jets, we wouldn't be having the Patrick Mahomes is the second coming of Tom Brady conversation. Very true. You know, it just, it wouldn't happen. So uh, we've talked a lot about quarterbacks in this. And the last one I'm going to touch, the last guy I'm going to touch on the bus thing, because then we got to move to the uh, to the steals portion of this, is Tony Mandrich. Oh, I didn't even know about this one until you told me what happened and who was available, and it blew my mind. So this guy actually was from the 1989 draft. Um, Of the five selections, four of them became some of the greatest players in league history. And then there's there's Tony Mandrich. So Green Bay could have taken Barry Sanders. They could have taken Derek Thomas, Deion Sanders. No. No. They took Tony Mandarich, who between alleged steroid use and a horrible work ethic, played very, very little football. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you have the stats pulled up on his seasons or whatnot, but... His his Wikipedia page literally has no fucking stats on it. There you go. Um, partially because he was like an offensive lineman, so there's really not many many stats. I mean, the only stats that are here, uh, he played a total of 86 games in the NFL over uh, 10, almost 10 years, but there was a very big stretch in between. He played for Green Bay from 89 to 92, and then he was absent for like five years and then somehow ended up coming back to uh, the Colts for two seasons. Um, 86 games played, 63 starts. Um, but, you know, he got cut by the Packers, uh, went and played. Uh, no, he got cut by the Packers, moved to some Traverse City, Michigan for two years, got addicted to booze and drugs, hmm. uh, was in rehab until 
uh, March of 95 when he became sober. Then he came back. Uh, it doesn't even say how he came back, uh, but he ended up getting back into the league and uh, played another three years, but really, really did absolutely nothing considering what was available. I mean, not to talk about like, you know, Hall of Famers, but like, you know, Barry Sanders, 10 years in the league, uh, NFL MVP of 97, uh, rookie of the year. One of, the, one of year. the best running backs to ever play. Um, six time first team all pro, 10 time every season he played, Pro Bowl player. Uh, one, one of the best running backs to ever play the game. Yeah. Um, it, it just, it blows my mind that guys like that get picked and like Tony Manders get picked. And then you get guys like, now, if you, if you look at a picture of Tony Mandarin, he looks like a freak. He looks like a specimen. And when he was in college, he played out of his mind. Yeah. Mm. Sounds a little bit like roid rage to me. A L- little bit, a little bit. So uh, I'm, we're actually going to use Russell Wilson to stem into your, or to stem into the steals of yes. all time, you know, of all time. Russell Wilson was picked 75th overall. It was a third round pick. Um, the Bills picked TJ Graham. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven picks prior to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but notable names that were picked prior to him. Andrew Luck was the first overall pick. RG3 was the second overall pick who we very much could have talked about in the bust section, which we did not. And we won't then Trent, uh, then Trent Richardson, um, wide receiver, Justin Blackman was fifth. Uh, Ryan Tannehill was eighth. Luke Cookley, who had a great year, a great few years and retired early due to injury. Um, that's a shame. He was probably one of the best. Like, yes. In the past, you know, 10 years, one of the best, if not the best linebacker to play the game. Yes. Dude, I'm pretty sure dude had stick him on his gloves. Like if you threw a ball anywhere near Luke Keekley, like. He oh, and he, he, he played the run. He played coverage. He was a true two way linebacker and it was great. Um, the Cleveland Browns picked Brandon Whedon 22nd overall that year. Let's see where else. Um, the Niners picked AJ Jenkins at wide receiver. The Giants picked David Wilson at running back. If you're not understanding these names, there's a reason for it. Right. Let's see. Who else do we got? Um, I mean, I'm not going to read off all the offensive uh, offensive tackles and guards because a lot of times people don't know those. Uh, the Jets took S- Stephen Hill at wide receiver. The Rams took Isaiah Pede at running back. The Lions took Ryan Broyles at wide receiver. The Broncos took Brock Osweiler at quarterback. The Niners took LaMichael James at running back. Again, they could have had my man twice for dudes right. that didn't end up going anywhere. Uh, the Giants took Reuben Randall. The Colts took two tight ends, including uh, Kobe Fleener and Dwayne Allen. Uh, Ronnie Hillman for the Broncos. So the Broncos could have had him twice. The Texans took Devere Posey at wide receiver. The Bills took... Uh, Graham, the Jaguars picked a punter. They picked Two, a fucking punter in, they, the, in the third they, round. Uh, literally one, two, who three. Who the hell four, picks a punter five, in the third round? Six, six picks in front of Russell Wilson. Oh my god! And then the Seahawks took Russell Wilson, and the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah, I mean. There are definitely bigger names than Russell Wilson for like biggest steals. Um, but that one is pretty, pretty fucking atrocious. Well, so I don't have it in front of me of exactly when it happened, but like some of these, like Roger Staubach was the 10th round selection by the Cowboys in 64. 
back when the draft used to be a lot more, a lot deeper than seven rounds. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was a Heisman Trophy winner in college. I mean, he did go to Navy, so again, not a big school. Um, but I mean, he didn't start until he was 29, but he led the Cowboys to multiple Super Bowls, won two of them, and his passer rating is un- incredibly high, especially for pre-1980 quarterbacks. Yeah. 10th round, Roger Staubach. Uh, probably one of the biggest um, steals of all time. Uh, tight end, some of you might know. He was drafted in 1990, round seven, pick 192, Shannon Sharp. Yeah. I'm looking at the 1990 NFL draft board from when the year he was picked. There were only one, two, three other Hall of Famers picked before him in the first round. And those are uh, Cortez Kennedy, Junior Seau, and Emmett Smith. Everything else between those three and like six rounds later, it, a bunch of nobodies. I mean, there's a couple of pro bowlers in there. Um but, you know, you have one good year, you can make the Pro Bowl. Like, and, and listen, not, I don't, I don't always count Pro Bowls because it's a popularity contest. Right. I mean, there, there are guys there every year who don't belong, and guys every year who do belong that don't get in because they play in a small market team or whatever. Yeah. Shout out um, to my safety tandem here in Buffalo this uh, the past couple of years. But yeah. uh, another one, and actually, so Shannon Sharp joined the uh, John Elway Broncos. Five years later, the Broncos picked up uh, a running back in the sixth round in 95 by the name of Terrell Davis. So you added a Hall of Fame tight end in the seventh round and a Hall of Fame running back in the sixth round, which is what propelled you to -to back-to-back Super Bowls. Yeah. I mean, dude played almost all 10... 13 years of his career uh, for some reason he got traded after the 99 season played two years in Baltimore but then he came right back to Denver yep I mean you don't get much more atrocious of missing out on someone for that long like the 192nd pick overall 192 other teams could have had him like how does, like we said, nothing is, nothing is, um, easy to predict. But like, Jesus, like his college stats weren't that bad. Like he was a stud coming out of college, and yeah. he goes one ninety two overall, and then becomes a Hall of Famer. Like, one hundred ninety one other picks, royally fucked up. You know, I won't say one hundred ninety one because one hundred eighty eight. 188 because the Seattle Seahawks took uh, Cortez Kennedy third overall. He became a hall of famer number five overall in that draft. San Diego chargers took junior Seau, and then 17 overall, which this blows my mind that he fell this far. Uh, Dallas Cowboys took Emmett Smith 17th overall in the first round. Like those are the only three hall of famers ahead of Shannon Sharp. And so 188 other picks royally fucked up. Like it just, it blows my mind. Uh, I mean, you want to talk about one that blows your mind. How about Bart star in the 17th round? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He has been to the NFL championship more than any other player on the list. MVP of the first two Super Bowls, led his team to the championship five times, a marker that has only since been passed by auto Graham. Um, I mean, he had Hall of Fame talent all around him, but he made the whole thing happen. His best performances came in championship games, and very few yeah. uh, very few quarterbacks can compare to the kid from Alabama, not Ken Stabler. Yeah, that's actually what the th- what the article says. It's pretty funny. 
I mean, yeah, Bart Starr, he's not just a a Green Bay area legend. Like, this dude is a straight-up NFL legend. Like, if you are a fan of the NFL, you know who Bart Starr is. You know what he's done. Yeah. Like, he went round 17, the 200th overall pick. Like... He played for Green Bay from 56 to 71. And then he became their head coach. He was, oh, I'm sorry. He was there. There was one year in between. So he stopped playing in 71. He became the Packers quarterback coach for 1972, which, I mean, if you want a quarterback coach, like there's probably, well, at that time, there was nobody better. The dude literally went from putting on the pads to, standing on the sideline coaching and then uh two years three years later from 75 to 83 he was the green bay packers head coach like this guy is all over the map and you know two-time super bowl champ two-time super bowl mvp five-time nfl champion uh you know the guy is just a legend and for him to have gone that far down the draft like and that that's, that's just a that's, that's just a testament. Steel. That's a then that's just a testament to the crapshoot that the draft has always been. Yeah. Uh, our boys, the Bills in 1985, Andre Reid in the fourth round. Yeah. One of the one of the all time greats. Yeah. Um. You know, top ten in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdown receptions. Still. Yeah. And fourth round pick. I mean, and we could we listen. Everybody knows that Tom Brady is the the ultimate greatest steal of steals. The, the ultimate steal of steals. So we're not going to talk about him because the whole world knows about him. But how about like Matt Hasselback in the sixth round? Yeah, and, you know, he was drafted by the Packers, but the Seahawks got the most out of him. They made the they made uh, playoffs every year that he started. Uh, he had 118 touchdowns and three pulled Pro Bowls from it was 2003 to 2007 when he started. Um, I mean, he was like, a solid rock of right. And the only and the only reason he didn't play for the Packers is because he was behind a guy named Brett Favre. Right. Uh, Marquise Colston, seventh round pick. Yeah. Uh, he was when like so. Drew Brees made the Saints famous for throwing to everybody and anybody. And Marquise Colston was the receiver in that lineup that made, he was the only one worth having on your fantasy team. This dude was a freak. He was tall. He was fast. He had hands. He could go up and get one. He could burn somebody deep. He could go over the middle. And I mean, the dude's just, he was just great. Yeah, there's. He was the reason that Breeze's stats were off the chart that year. I mean, those years, absolutely. I mean, yeah. you know, Donald Driver and seventh round pick. Yeah. Like just uh, just scrolling through this this list is insane. Right. I mean, a little known pick uh, named Rodney Harrison played for the Patriots, picked fifth round, 145th overall, two time Super Bowl champ, two time Pro Bowl. Three-time first-team All-Pro, um, dude as a safety had thirty and a half sacks, twelve hundred tackles, uh, thirty-four interceptions, and eleven forced fumbles. Jesus, I don't think you get much better of a safety than that. No. Um, and probably, probably one more for me at least. Um. This is just a guy that you could absolutely count on. If he is on your team, you know that if you have to put him in the game, your chances of winning may actually be better than they are with your starter. Um, 2005, round seven, 250th overall. A little guy that we love here in Buffalo, the Amish Rifle. Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's magic. The bearded wonder. 
the Amish rifle. The you know, bearded this- wonder. And, and, and listen, it, there's never been a better example of you have a better chance of winning with your backup with, than with your backup than Ryan Fitzpatrick was last year with the Dolphins after they benched Fitzy after he started the season three and three they went to Tua and went to, like they they started referring to Fitzy as their closer like oh crap we're in a tight one Tua's not getting it done put in Fitz magic yeah. and or oh crap we're we we have a tight lead put in Fitz to go get us another score to put it away. I mean, he's a very storied quarterback, too. He's played for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Now, with him being on Washington, this is his ninth team. Hot take. Hot take. My man's going to win the NFC East this year. I'm telling you right now, the only thing this man deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, okay? The only thing that this man is missing in order to make it to the Hall of Fame, he has to be voted into at least one Pro Bowl. We need yes. we need to make this happen so he has a shot to get into the Hall of Fame. Because if there is one quarterback who is so down to earth, he's he's actually probably the smartest player to ever play the game. Um, dur- uh, before the draft, they have every player take what's known as the Wonderlick test. He is number two all time. Yeah. Number the two only, all time. He and the only, a 48 out of 50. The only person that beat him uh, was a punter. Yeah. Fucking punters, I tell you. You know, like, it's a 12-minute test, 50 questions. Um, uh, the, the he Every question he answered, he got correct. The uh, the the two that he didn't get, he he didn't get him wrong. He just, he didn't answer them. Yeah. So he, he went with the SAT look on it. We'll, we'll put it this way. It's one point per question, a score of 20 out of 50 is intended to represent average intelligence. This man scored a 48. Like, does this, uh, where's his, oh, I, did I back out? No, I backed out. Um, I want to know what this guy's actual IQ is. Does this does this Wikipedia page have it? But like a forty-eight out of fifty average intelligence is a twenty on right. the Wonderlick test. Yeah, and he's. I mean, it, a lot of people would argue that the you know the Wonderlick test doesn't equate to much especially in the NFL, but like none of the combine stuff does, you know, and uh, our, our friends over at the two point conversation had a conversation about the combine and how ridiculous it is. Cause this was the first year that they didn't have a combine uh, individual schools just did their own um, like pro days and stuff. And, you know, like, Oh, what is the fact that he can bench, you know, two twenty five X amount of times mean, or two thirty-five, whatever it is. What is you know? What does a forty-time mean? What is you know? Some of the, some of the people with the best numbers at that don't equate to good football players. But it's it's still a cool like. Listen, do do I want a guy? If I have two guys that are the same, do I want the guy that's smarter or the guy that's dumber? Well, I probably want the guy that's smarter. Right. If two guys are the same, but one of them runs a four-four, the other one runs a four-nine. All else being equal, I want the four-four. Yeah, you know, like so. That's what that stuff does, and that was, you know, um, something I talked to our my buddy Matt about after I listened to the uh, the episode. Just living in that world of recruiting and stuff like that, and metrics and whatnot. But like, again, given the option, I want the guy who's smart. That's not right. a hard thing to, to to you know. I mean, I, I can't find Fitzy's uh, actual IQ, but another thing I just found. Um, he got accepted into Harvard. Okay. He scored a 1580 out of 1600 on his SAT. He damn near had a perfect SAT score. This man is smart as shit. And he's got the best beer in the NFL. Yeah, hands down. Hands down. Uh, and if you, if like, look at, look at Big Dick Fitzy 
when he played for Tampa Bay and he was like five, <laughs> five, 500 yards and five the, touchdowns. The, and that then, motherfucker came out in that pimp suit. Oh my God. And then the last year and the glasses. Oh, I fucking loved it. And then last year he comes out in the Hawaiian shirt and like, looking like he's got to make like the old folks home karaoke hour after he wins a Monday night game. It was, it was hilarious. Right. It was so funny, but yeah, I mean that talk about a dude who has made a career out of nothing. And uh, another friend of ours from the network, Mr. Andrew Lenz and I go back and forth all the time on whether or not he's a hall of fame player. And I think he is for he a is. lot of reasons, but um bare minimum he is an absolute just an absolute unit and an absolute right. gem to talk just, about just his his career stats real quick over his entire career uh 165 games 146 starts uh he's 3069 out of 5054 for a 60.7% completion rate 30 just shy of 35,000 yards um 223 touchdowns to 169 interceptions over his career. He has an 82.3 passer rating. Like this guy is not the end all be all superstar, but he is that guy that if you have to put him in the game, or even if you just want to make him your starter, you will not be let down. You just won't. Until that one game that he's good for like three picks and two of them being pick sixes. Yeah. But aside I from mean, that, like, listen, the man is nothing. Happens. The man is nothing but consistent. No. Like, I mean, it, honestly, if anyone deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, just for the fact that he is like one of the most beloved players of all time from every team that he's played on, well, except maybe like St. Louis and Cincinnati because he didn't play there very long but um you know when when they put him in at tampa didn't he went on like he started the season five and oh yep best uh they, he, had, he he was the best quarterback in the nfl at the time and then they benched him for Jameis winston yeah i mean again after one or two really bad games but still like your dude's five and oh and you put Jameis winston in like Jameis winston threw 30 picks the next year like and 30 Jesus touchdowns. Christ. The first ever 30-30 guy in the NFL. Can't wait for the 30 for 30 to come out on him. Uh, you're going to have to wait for his start, his start in uh, New Orleans to get done this year. And and he did he did go 5-0 and in relief of uh, Drew Brees this year when Brees got hurt. So, yeah, it'll be I mean, it'll he, it'll definitely be interesting to see how that goes. He did get LASIK, so he can actually see now. Yeah, he can see the guys on the other team who's throwing the ball too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's it for me. I'm out of. I'm out of guys. Like, yeah, unless man, you got, uh, uh, unless no, you got another one that's like a steal. No, I think. Uh, I mean, I, we listed a bunch off when we were joking around about this in our our little conversation the other day. But I think that's a good spot to wrap up. And you know, I mean, what what a better what a better place to stop than with the closer, the former closer for the Dolphins. Yeah. Fitz magic and the best beard in the NFL. That beard is that beard alone is worth the draft steal. Yeah. Do you think he uses the beard struggle? I don't know, but it, he should, he should. And so should you, if you're listening to this and you have a beard or somebody in your life has a beard or you might grow a beard or you want to grow a beard, you should check out the beard struggle. And when you do go check out their, the, I mean, if you're, if you're a dude who's just growing a beard, Get their scruff bomb. If you have a little bit longer of a beard, get their beard oils and their beard, their other beard bombs. It'll help a take the itch away. I don't ever want to hear, oh, it itches too much. Get over it. You be a man. Second, all that stuff not only makes your beard smell good, and the ladies love when your beard smells good, but uh, it also helps you can kind of keep it tame and keep it, you know, from being unruly. And you know what? When you go there, we got a discount code for you. The old Jaws fifteen at checkout give you fifteen percent off that order. Definitely check out the what's it called the uh, the Viking Sea Viking Storm. Mask? Oh no, yeah, the the Viking Sea mud, mud Mask. Yeah, there's oh, a mud mask for your oh fucking beard. You told me about that, and I ordered it like two days later, and I tried it, and holy shit, man! Yeah, that's on my uh, that's on my to do list for tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm I'm due for a mud mask. Although, yeah. I don't know. I'm getting my uh, 
getting my head shaved and my beard trimmed tomorrow. So maybe, uh, maybe the next day. Yeah. I got to go see my barber. What a yeah. weird guy. Yeah. I mean, fuck that guy. He's an asshole. That's what I heard. That's what I heard too. But uh, at the same token, you know, he, uh, he uses the beard struggle too. And again, yeah. so should you. If you haven't figured it out, uh, Comet Abattery is brought to you in part by the beard struggle. Uh, again, we're not www. officially sponsored, but not officially, but I, love I, to. I'd, 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 I'd rather ask for forgiveness than permission. So uh, maybe we'll get it done someday. If not, I'm just going to keep plugging it. And yeah. again, www.thebeardstruggle.com, Jaws15 at checkout for 15% off your order. That being said, Rotten Jack, it's been an absolute pleasure to shoot shoot the shit about some draft bust and draft steals with you. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see you for your appointment tomorrow, right? Yeah. Uh, 1.30. Yeah. Uh, uh, I will probably be posting this episode right before I come see you. So Perfect. Work. Uh, and for those of you tuning in, thanks for tuning in to Common Debauchery. Common Debauchery is part of the BICBP radio network, www.bicbp-radio.com to check out all the awesome and amazing content in there, including all of my little pet projects, including Common Debauchery, which you just listened to, Hats, Tats, and Stats, Tip of the Cap podcast, and the Network Sports Talk Show, where me and four or five other amazing sports hosts get together and talk a bunch of shit about all the sports. Up to and including what makes somebody worthy of being a Hall of Fame, which just dropped. Uh, technically, it's Monday night, so it dropped a Monday morning. So it dropped just today. So check that out and check out all the other cool stuff. As always, follow us on social media. Comment about you on Facebook. Just Google it in the page will come up. Like that. Follow, share, subscribe. Never miss a thing. We're going to try to start posting more content for you guys to comment on and share it to all cool groups and find more groups to share things to to get our word out there. So thanks for tuning in again, Rotten Jack. Thanks for joining me, buddy. As always, man, it was a bit weird being over Zoom, but, you know, it's not bad if we got to move things around. It's it's better than nothing, right? Right. So uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Again, this has been Comet Abatri, and we will catch you next week after I send it to the Internet. Do the thing. This is Generic American Sports Podcast Center. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Generic American Sports Host Podcast Thing. Today, in sporting news, some things happened that were some stuff and some other things. Some statistical values to back up those things are this. As you can see, the thing I just said statistically did happen yo wait a minute i feel like i could listen to this show anywhere and be just as bored why am i listening to this stuff you want a better sports experience from your podcast head over to hats tats and stats on the bicbp radio network not generic not boring and a little out there sometimes tune in to hats tats and stats on the bicbp radio network